Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and, uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars. Uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family stories. In some, centered in some way, you know, they're elemental stories, they're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically, but kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Hey guys, welcome to the X-Files Files. Gonna keep this intro very short. Uh, these episodes are too shy. And the list, you'll watch them. Um, you'll find out how we feel about them. Uh, Jared Logan, who's a very, very funny comedian and a good friend of mine and an old friend of mine. We've known each other since we pretty much started comedy together in Chicago. Not that we started comedy. We started doing comedy. We didn't, like, invent comedy. Just wanted... There were many comedians before us, 
Bill Murray, you know. So, didn't want to lead you astray. Uh, anyway, uh, the usual stuff, at X-Files Files on Twitter. Please subscribe to us, at Kamel N, if you want to listen to the stuff I say on Twitter. And, um, yeah, subreddit is at X-Files, or not at X-Files Files, slash X-Files Files. All right, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hey, so welcome to X-Files Files. Guys, and our guest today is Jared Logan. Hey! How's it going, Jared? Things are good. Jared has been living in our guest house yeah. for a little bit. It's lovely back there. It's like a real house. It's like a real house. You could yeah. totally rent that place and live there. There's a sink. You can you can make food. There's a fridge. Yeah. There's a bed. There's a TV. There's an Xbox. Yeah. There's I, a closet space. I have to go home day after tomorrow. I'm going to miss that place. Um, yeah, you're going home day after tomorrow. So, um, I gave you two episodes to watch. Yes. And it was two random ones because we had to do it while you're here. And so the two are The List and Too Shy. Yes. I did not remember The List at all. Yeah. Written by Chris Carter, directed by Chris Carter. Oh, uh, so the main guy. Well, this is what I've learned watching them. I think the main guy is amazing and he's kind of a genius, but the main guy is best when he's writing mythology episodes. His other ones are not as good. Not quite as good. So this is the one where there's a dead inmate. Well, he's... I guess not an inmate anymore, just a dead guy. And he has like a list of five people that he said he was going to kill from beyond the grave. And his ghost, who apparently he can learn to become a ghost just by like reading a lot about it. Yes. Is that what they say? That was my main issue with the episode is that uh, usually there's a specific supernatural thing that's going on. A specific thing like from mythology or something like something, that. Something, yeah. From folklore. And then Mulder, once Mulder's able to figure out what that thing is, they're able to stop it. Right. And in this in this episode, it was just a guy that read a lot of philosophy books and learned how to become a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> it said that he was—he learned all the religions. He learned all the religions, and he was very cocky about it. He had a book by Descartes in there. Who, yeah. um, and he was very cocky. Like even before he died, he was like, "Listen, I've—I'm going to be a ghost soon. I'm going to kill yeah. a bunch of people." Now, I did like the cold open. Where they execute him, and he... It was intense. Like, the acting was good, and he was like, I will come back and bring vengeance upon you! I thought that was... And then they pulled the trigger. I thought that was effective. Well, but they don't really... It doesn't have an X-File that happens in it. In that one, which which is fine, but usually... Like, something happens that you're like, oh, this is what the thing of this will be. But this is what you pointed out, I think, about this episode. One thing that sucks is you, from the first minute, know exactly what's happening. This guy's gonna die, become a ghost... He becomes a ghost, and then that just kind of follows it to its end, and he kills everybody. Mulder and Scully do nothing. Mulder and Scully don't do anything to stop him. All of the all of the murders happen. <laughs> all of the murders happen. They never use X-Files knowledge. They only use conventional forensic, uh, you know, techniques to try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's really... This shows you what happens if you just let Scully call the shots. You, know? like, <laughs> you gotta you get... You gotta let Mulder <laughs> do his theory, you He's know? gotta get weird in there. Yeah. Scully's just, like, testing the maggots. That's not gonna do anything. <laughs> yeah. The maggots came... From magic. <laughs> the magic maggots. Like, you can't just test the maggots. I did like... What are the magic levels, Scully? <laughs> I did like, though. They did. Um, 
I've never seen ghosts come and then maggots happen. Like, that's a new, fun, new thing. I that like was that. cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, X-Files was really good about always adding the gross-out scare. You and know? this one really had, like, yeah. the, the head in the the waste paper basket. That was good. Yeah, yeah. The head in the recycling bin. Yeah, it was a horror show. You yeah. know, it wasn't a sci-fi show. It was a horror show. X-Files always made sure... There was at least one thing in the show that made you go, Bleh, that's so gross. Well, this one and the next one both have like gross mm-hmm, stuff. In yeah, it. totally. Because this one has be- beheadings on the next one. It's just a bunch of fat chicks. Dude, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I, I have so many things to say about <laughs> okay, that. Okay, okay, uh, we okay. should wait till we yeah, get yeah, done yeah, with yeah. the list. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. J.T. Walsh, isn't it? Always the racist bad guy. Never like a guy who sees all races as being equal. No. In anything. That's He's a- the warden? Yeah, he's the warden. Okay, yeah. As soon as you see him, you're like, oh, I know his whole deal. He gives an awesome performance. See, I thought the acting... He's good. I thought the acting was pretty yeah. good throughout this episode, but it's just the, the, the... It wasn't a very good story. The acting is good, and it looks cool. Like, I thought the prison looked good. Yeah. The lighting is good. It was like an X-Files-ass prison, you know? There's like... You know what it reminded me about? Especially there's a lot of stuff with Scully kind of like walking, you know, looking to the side, looking at the prisoners or like cat calling her. Yeah. It's like Silence of the Lambs. Well, it's not. And then the next one also has Silence of the Lambs, even down to him getting bigger girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of these. I would argue that the entire show has a lot of Silence of the Lambs influences. In the first couple seasons, they explicitly reference it. And Chris Carter talks about, like, how Clarice Starling... Dennis Scully's sort of based on Clarice Starling. And he, um, uh, he's pretty explicit about it. What I didn't like about this one, uh, is that the prison stuff is very reminiscent of Silence of the Lambs. Also, I didn't like, like, Ken Faree, who's the guy with the big eyes. Yes. Who's having an affair with Nietzsche's wife. Living wife. Um, when he grabs Scully and she gets all rattled and runs away, it's like Scully's kind of a badass. Though. Yeah, Scully's not supposed to be, yeah, a little shrinking violet. Yeah. 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 Ken Foree is, you know, he is kind of scary in some ways. I just watched him in, uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He was in that. Was he a, he's gotta be. He he's a be good the, guy in He that. can't be in the family. No, he can't be in the redneck Chainsaw Massacre family. Uh, how's accept- that movie? How's that movie? Okay. <laughs> I think it's you called answered. Leatherface colon Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Is it? It's not a prequel. It is not a prequel. It is a... It's it's almost just a, a, a retelling, a redo of the first one, but with a bigger budget and less charm. Less, yeah. Less, you know, unique uh, feel yeah. to it. Well, the first Texas Chainsaw is amazing. It feels like an accidentally good movie. Right. Like they just fell into a good movie. Yeah. Like a bunch of monkeys in a room of typewriters. Um, <laughs> they still use a hooded executioner? I, I I have never heard of that happening. Did you see? Cause they, yeah, he the puts guy, a hood on. <laughs> yeah, before he pulls the switch. Yeah, what's that about? I've it's never so seen that. Also, J.T. Walsh says, fry him like that. Be more professional. Fry him! Because you know he's going to die anyway. I also want to do... I think it'd be funny to do a thing where... A, there is a prisoner like this guy will come back and wreak vengeance and he dies and then he's just and dead and he's just dead yeah <laughs> well I thought there was going to be some kind of like a fallen thing going on though. like I was trying to figure it out bodies because they did talk about that a little bit body jumping would have made more sense you know uh, so they started out thinking and they kept saying reincarnation which it's not it has nothing to do with reincarnation no that would he would be a baby he would be a baby he would be like the Dalai Lama and they're like 
somehow he's killing them without ever needing to get in the room. It's reincarnation. I'm like, <laughs> wow, you guys really have got to read some of those books he read. <laughs> yeah, he's read all the books. You guys have read no books ever. Why does Mulder have this weird gap in his, like... <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'm, you know what? It's, it's understandable. He's like, guys, I read everything. I didn't get to reincarnation, yeah, okay? Yeah, which I get, but you... All you have to know is what... If you got to ghosts... I mean, they've fought ghosts on the X-Files yeah. before. Like, this is a standard ghost. Yeah. Um, I've also noticed X-Files so far has not been good at doing ghost stuff. And I think, again, it's because there's no rules or anything. I was about to say, that's the whole problem with ghosts. Like, even the best ghost movies piss me off. Like, Drag Me to Hell... Yeah. Drag me to hell. Well, that's a curse. I'm sorry. That's a curse. But it's it's a no rules problem. It's like yeah, suddenly it's like it attacks when it pleases the plot. <laughs> yeah. And that's what ghosts always do. Yeah. Ghosts are handled way better in books because in a book you can more clearly like do like is the person imagining it? Is it really happening? You can mess with time, you know, more easily. You can mess with point of view. And in, in a movie. Or a TV show, well, especially a TV show. It's you don't like, have no time, yeah. Yeah, there's that. You can't develop a, like a like an internal point of view, yeah. Um, I, well, Devil's Backbone is a really good ghost movie. Yeah, that's good. And that yeah, yeah. One, oh, the Changeling's they, good. The Changeling, yeah. Mm-hmm. They said uh, the one guy who dies. Okay, so Mulder. See, this is the thing. So when Mulder, okay, uh, the guy calls the the black man. He calls him well read. I don't know. That's like one step above articulate, right? You call... <laughs> Very well spoken. <laughs> exactly. Very well spoken. <laughs> you know, do... if you bumped into him in the hall, he'd say hi. <laughs> just like a person. They also said if he wasn't on death row, he would win the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, why do you, do you think they give people those prizes just for reading a lot? Yeah, they said he knocked over a liquor store to get in there. <laughs> so... Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I don't think he was on track. <laughs> he was not. Not on track. Yeah. Um, Mulder was showing Scully those slides. Like, those slides were unnecessary. We don't need to see the face of the guy. What, what do they have on them? The slides just had a picture of Nietzsche on them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy that died. It's really all, right. all the slides I have for this one. Yeah, he, you know, she's like rolling her eyes like, oh, you're getting out the... We don't even need the slide projector for this one. Yeah. There's like nothing. So also okay. So when Scully first goes in, do they say "women on the block"? Is that what he says? Is that woman what... on the block? Yeah. Is that a thing they yell? I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it would make sense, but it also seems like it's like, "Hey, all you rapist woman on the block." Yeah. It's... Yeah, it feels like you would just. I mean, she's an FBI agent. It feels like you'd just like let her do her thing. Both. In both these episodes, there's some weird sexism shit about Scully. I liked. Some of what was going on in the second one, I thought. Well, the, I thought it added. I thought it added we'll, to it. We'll get to that. The second one at least did it on purpose. Um, about the maggots thing, <laughs> uh, I once had maggots in my house in Brooklyn. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, they're just they just want to fly, lays eggs, and, and what did you have? Some food that got left out or something like something that. Something like that. It was a garbage bag or something, and we picked it up, and there were maggots, and it looks so fucking gross. They're really gross, but you know they're not even that. I mean, they can't hurt you. They just won't make you throw up. They look so horrible. They look really bad. 
They look just really like bad. Just big, white, segmented rice that moves around. It means that something is decaying. You know, you're just like scared. Yeah. Of, uh, Nothing says get your shit together. Like finding maggots like in some your maggots. house. Yeah, like fucking get it together. How old are you? There was this get, get your maggots sci-fi up. novel I read where they have virtual reality and people like get off on it like you download into your head having sex with somebody. Oh, like uh, Demolition Man kind of? Exactly, but then there was like this black market virtual reality that people couldn't quite handle where you just, uh, you are a maggot eating like a dead body. But people want to do that? People want to do it because it's the, it's the most inhuman, horrible experience you could possibly have. This is a have. book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one, what's the, Liam, is it a Liam Neeson movie? With his virtual... Strange Days. Yeah, I yeah. like that movie. It's kind of from the X-Files time period. Too, yeah, man. it's when we were like, computers, man! Yeah, because that, that movie takes place in 1999. <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Eve, 1999. You know that movie so well. Oh, yeah. Um, the Head in the Can with the Maggots, pretty good. Uh, I wrote this down. It's, it's like, th this one, I didn't love it because there's... You know what's going on. Mulder knows it. Everybody knows it. And they just kind of... There's really nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Um, I mean, the, 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 there needed to be a twist somewhere, and it never got in there. Uh, the, the bad guy just kind of wins, and you're supposed to be kind of okay with it because... Uh, he's killing, he's bad, killing people. bad people. Yeah, people that oppressed him. Well, he, it's a very humorless, very dour episode. Mm -hmm. uh, usually X-Files is pretty funny. We watched Clyde Bruckman together yeah. a couple days ago. Very funny episode. Yeah. But usually there's something. This one's very, very serious. And I don't I don't like that whole thing of the evil warden and they just killed that one guy, Roke. Yeah. That really bugged me. I don't, I, I don't That like he just it. got away with just killing some... Yeah, and that well, character is mean, essentially innocent of anything. He didn't do anything wrong. No, he's just kind of a posturing idiot kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the... The J.T. Walsh getting killed at the end in the car. That was a pretty cool accident. Like, there's the blood splashes on the windshield. Yeah, but again, what is what does the ghost do? Like, he just he kind of shows car. up sometimes, yeah, and then a bad thing happens? Yeah, there's no rules. He chops someone's head off. Yeah. He How does he kill the guy up, who, who they find in the attic? You remember the, the warden guy that they find in the attic? I, he's, it's just like another, like, he's just cut open, or he's his just, head's chopped off, yeah. or something. Yeah, the way he kills, um, I can go spoilers, right? The way he kills Ken Foree is uh, by just kind of being in the room for a second. And then his wife is like, you're it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's I almost would prefer if all of his killings were like Final Destination-y like that. Like you know? make people do it, but that one right. doesn't fit. So also that one is not on his list of five. It's not on his it list doesn't of count, five. Because it doesn't count because she did it. You can't call an episode the list and and then it's about a list of people you're killing and then just kill all kinds of people willy nilly. <laughs> during the episode I kept going, wait, was he on the Who's on the What's the, the list now? Well, here's also the thing is like part of the mystery is who's on the list, but we don't know any of these people. So yeah. we don't give a shit about any of them. And there's so many people in this episode. Mulder and Scully should have somehow been on the list or gotten on the list. Yeah, then we would have that, cared. Yeah. Because Ken Furry, his wife, Roke, who dies, the warden, the other warden that dies. Uh, the other prisoner with the sort of longer, short dreads he yeah. had. There's a, the dead guy. There's so many characters in this episode. Yeah. And you don't give a shit about any of them. You don't care. You don't know who's on the list. Someone dies and you're like, I guess he was on it. 
Yeah, they, they totally should have gotten Mulder and Scully on that list somehow. It would have given Mulder and Scully a thing to do. Yeah, all they did... I like the one exchange where it was like, who would be the five people you kill? And he's like, I remembered your birthday, didn't I, Scully? That was the... Yeah, that was the one joke. That was... <laughs> that was it was the, good. It was good. And someone says... that On one point, someone says, if anyone could come back from the dead, it would be Meech. What a crazy thing to say about anybody. It just means he had a, he had a forceful personality. Yeah, he would have won a Nobel Peace Prize if he was still alive. There was a cool moment where Scully uses a cell phone with one of those little retractable antennas. What does she do? She uses a cell phone, but it has, like, you have to bring the antenna yeah. up. I'm sorry, I always I always go, ha! Yeah. <laughs> when I see stuff like that, I'm like, ah! Idiots. Um, Look at that computer, it's got green writing on a black screen. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I did like when the guy says, how does it feel to be on death row warden? I don't know why. I oh, that was, that was, that was a good, uh, that was a, that was a good line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that Ken Furry and, his, and the wife were having an affair. Because she says right in the beginning, I'll love no other man when he's, and obviously... She's going to love She's him. a liar. I mean, how could you resist Ken Faree, uh, the most handsome man in the world? You can't. Hey, he wasn't in Dawn of the Dead and Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 for nothing. Oh, that's right. Dawn of the Dead. That's his like, main that's awesome the, thing. That's the big one, yeah. That's the big one. Um, how does Mulder... Mulder knows immediately that the guy that the warden kills is not on the list somehow. I don't... You know... Maybe that's the thing that Mulder did this episode. He was like, he figured, like, that one thing out, like... But it's nothing... Okay, also, they get an executioner from the newspaper. That's what they do? That's... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, let's... You want to really go to task here? Why, do they... Do FBI agents investigate murders in prisons? I feel like yeah, they well, definitely don't. Well... Yeah, and and it's not maybe because it's an X file. That's the only but way. But how that you is can... it an X? Like, how does that get to Mulder? It, yeah, because he comes after the first death, right? Yeah, he's, so, he's there right from the beginning. So I don't feel like it's really an X file at that point. Like he, everybody assumes that it, it was somehow done by normal physical means. Yeah, and it's also everybody's sort of um, if they go to investigate everyone on death row who's talking about crazy shit that's a lot yeah, of people doing that's that, a yeah. lot of people like how did they get all the way back to Mulder? like hey this guy was saying he was gonna come back like this, <laughs> yeah. does that mean if i if i'm just like if i'm like at lunch with you and i'm like you know i can make electricity come out of my eyes Mulder's gonna show up a couple days later and be like uh, i heard there was a kid here and i was gonna make electricity come out of his eyes Mulder, you are tapped in man yeah. How much time do you have? Yeah. You're everywhere. Like, Hold on, I gotta go investigate rumors from a prison in the South. <laughs> <laughs> How many people have died? One. <laughs> One people have but, died. But someone said that he might have claimed he could come back. <laughs> so we need to investigate. You know what? I thought, I this is horrible. It's not. It's not funny. This is very, very dark. But there was that bombing in Pakistan a few days ago when mm -hmm. like 40, 50 people died. And so two different like uh, terrorist organizations claimed uh, that they did it. And then they Don't. started like fighting at each other. Like the one guy was like, they're full of shit. They didn't do it. We did it. It was us. And like, no, no, no. They're like, that's so crazy that something happens. And they're like, we got to take credit for this. And then yeah. everybody just takes credit for it. Yeah. I'm going to start taking credit for stuff I haven't done <laughs> to scare people a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It was me. Um, 
Mulder catches a maggot. That that was no good. I didn't like that. Uh, nice lighting in the attic where the guard dies. Yeah, the show always looks really, really good. Yeah. I mean, especially for something from that time, 20 years ago. It always looks like a movie. It doesn't look like some dumb show shot on video. It no, it looks, looks like, like a, a movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, all the directors were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, when Scully's looking up phone records and stuff and doing that, it's all uninteresting to us because we know exactly what's going on. And this Nietzsche guy, we don't give a shit about him either. Yeah. We don't care about any of these people. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, when you have to make that many episodes, I guess just sometimes it's like it doesn't quite come together. I mean, how many episodes were in a season of the X-Files? This was like 24. So that's a, that's a, that's 24 hours. Of 24 hours of different supernatural paranormal shit. Yeah. It's not it's easy. Just, it's just hard. I think that's very interesting that he was good at writing mythology episodes, but maybe not quite as good as his like mon- monster of the week, for lack of a better term, episodes. You know, that kind of makes me think of, like, I read this book, The the Twilight Zone Companion, about Rod Serling, and he was very good at writing serious episodes, but he always wanted to write funny episodes, and they were horrible. They were always like, a fast-talking genie (laughs) leads a guy down the wrong path, and then he was always, like, trying to, like, sell CBS, like, this genie character is gonna be your next show. Oh, really? Yeah, Crazy Santa Claus. You guys need to watch the episode this week. You're gonna want Crazy Santa Claus (laughs) to be, and then everybody would be like, don't do that. Just write a thing about nuclear war again. It it was really way more effective. Have you seen his funny ones? Sure, I've seen almost all of them. You know, I used to do the the marathon on Sci Fi Channel every year. Yeah, because I had nowhere to I had nowhere to be for New Year's Eve. You were a little kid, right? Well, that's already started. I was young. I was young. That story started off great. I'm going really sad. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sometimes just one extra detail <laughs> is all it takes to really change the mood. I'm playing it up a little more. I mean, let's face it. I'd ra- I would I really would rather watch the Twilight Zone marathon than go hang out with a bunch of people. I think sometimes it's so so much fun just to be like, you know what? Fuck being cool. Or yeah. let's just watch do you remember thanksgiving they used to do x-files marathons on, on oh FX. really yeah in the mid to late late 90s and it would be like the top 10 x-files episodes and it was that's cool the best yeah do they play it anywhere uh now it's it plays on the el rey network you know what that is that's uh, robert rodriguez's network oh, that's cool i don't think i've ever watched anything on el rey uh and they're playing because they started taping them and they've been yeah, they play a lot of his movies, and they play um, some of the TV shows, and they play, like, weird action movies and stuff. It's a good network. That's they cool. Have, they have fun stuff on there, yeah. Check that out. Um, so, J.T. Walsh beats that prisoner to death, right? He just beats up one guy to death? Yeah, I guess that's what we're... What, it doesn't feel like that guy would be capable of that. No, he's exactly. Like, like a pudgy old... He looks like a character actor. Yeah, he's just like... A character actor beating a guy to death? Beating a guy who is in really good shape to death. It's always like in movies and TV, you're always like, do you guys know what someone who can beat someone to death looks like? Yeah. <laughs> they have signs yeah. that they're capable of it, you know? Like uh, physical stature is yeah. important. Yeah, they're big. That would be the first thing a detective would be like. Well, you'd think Mulder and Scully would this guy was definitely, like, kind of very slowly beaten to death by an old man with flabby arms. <laughs> yeah. This took three and a half hours. 
He probably had to eat protein bars and energy bars during it. He took a nap yeah. during some of it. Whoever did it... Watched Matlock. Whoever did it finally just got tired and hit him with the lethal injection needle. <laughs> so, so someone who had access to that. Someone who definitely had access to all the execution equipment. Must have been the ghost. <laughs> yeah, there were no maggots. So that was the. That's how they knew, I guess. Oh yeah. Is there anything left to say about this episode? Should we move on to the next um, one? Um, I mean, you know, unless you're a completist, no, no, skippable, no. skippable. Yeah, it is a totally. I'll skippable. say that. I'll say that. No, it's totally a skippable. Sometimes episode. when I'm trying to watch a lot of a big long show, I would appreciate someone to go. Yeah, you can skip this one. You know? Yeah, in the beginning, I was skipping them, and then people were like, you gotta do them all, you gotta do them all. Well, but see, that's part... I mean, I, I, I see their point. That's part yeah. of the fun. You gotta be a completist if you're gonna if you're gonna go down this road. I can't remember anything, really, that Mulder and Scully do in this episode, because they don't really do very much. The, you know, it, it, even though... Even though they don't do very much, I have written down here, the writing is, like, peppy. It's like... Like, the show is always, like, written. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's never, like... It doesn't feel like it, f- it fell together. The script is, like, written. And and, uh, and that one joke was great. Yeah. yeah. That one joke was but great. But it was. It, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a perfect, like, Mulder joke. You yeah. know? It's it's good. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to Too Shy. Yeah. This is the one where the guy, for some sort of skin condition, needs to um, ingest fat... So he starts preying on bigger women. Honestly, some of the women he's preying on are not even that big. They're not that big. They make a big deal. But they're about as big as you're going to be and get cast on network television. <laughs> I guess right? so. They're network television gargantuan. They're obese for network television. Yeah, which in real life means eh, yeah, a, little, a little chubby. Not Like the last lady, the lady who doesn't die. Yeah. She's not, she's just like a kind of a mom looking lady. That's yeah, it. She just looks like a mom. Yeah. 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 Ugh, disgusting, right? <laughs> I mean, you can see why no one wants her. Well, they make a big point out of that, right? Like, yeah. With the hooker that dies, the guy says, like, she, let's just say she was nobody's first choice. Like, yeah. Like, the cop knows that? Hey, I, I wanted to keep going. Hey, you know, there's a lot of guys that love having sex with heavy ladies. Yeah. Love it. And that hooker wasn't even that heavy. Who worship. Uh, heavy ladies. You know? <laughs> How does the cop know the hierarchy of the hookers? Talk to the guys in the Vice Squad. This is their list of favorite hookers uh, yeah, in the yeah. area. This is the hottest. You, yeah, Margie. Anyone who's anyone is using Margie right now. <laughs> using anyone who's anyone is using Margie right now. <laughs> what a gross thing. Um, um, the I like the opening of this one where he's like creepily thumbing her pendant and stuff, and then oh, just yeah. like snots on her face. That was a perfect gross out scare where yeah. you're like, "What's he gonna do?" Yeah. He filled her mouth with snot. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, I went, I went, ah! I like it made me like go ah! out loud. You know, like that's really cool. Um, and you know. The, the the added horror of it is we've all heard legends of a guy whose skin gets bad when he doesn't barf snot into people's mouth. <laughs> yeah, I that. was like, classic creature. <laughs> uh, how many books have I read about snot mouth guys? <laughs> snot mouth skin guys. <laughs> where, where did this come from? Sometimes they just meet like a just... one-off thing. That's kind of cool because they play it up sometimes a little bit. 
But they didn't in this episode. They were just like, par for the course. Yeah. Next. Well, because he's a lot like Eugene Toombs who squeezed the guy who yeah. eats livers. And that guy's a whole history where he comes out every 30 years and kills five people. And he's been around for hundreds of years and they find pictures of him from a long time ago. This guy, they say that they don't know his history, but it's never like made into a thing. Like, it would have been cool as a, if the reason he likes that poetry is he's cause from that period and he's been preying right. on people for hundreds of years. Yeah, I don't want to know exactly where he came from, but I want to hint at something bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Instead yeah. of just being like, well, I don't know, some kind of mutant. Where are we going next? Yeah, they just, you know? Yeah. They just kind of write it off. They're never like, we need to look into this. Are, are more people doing this? Yeah. Also, if this happened, they should talk about it every week. Like, yeah, there's aliens, but that snot mouth. Let's let's be clear. Skin. They never reference any of the non-mythology episodes no. again. They never go, remember snot mouth? Yeah. That was messed up. Um, there. What did you think of that guy who played Snotmouth? I've seen him in a lot of stuff from yeah. that time. I remember watching him on my TV. He's like What's sort his name? Of... Oh, I forget the actor's name. Okay. He, uh, he's okay. He's, he's, he's good. He's fine. He's like sort of gently good looking or something. He's like sort of... Yeah, I don't, I couldn't decide whether he's maybe like 90s handsome. But, you know how there's like women in 80s movies who are like 80s pretty, but then yeah. they're not pretty once... The uh, uh, the clock went 12 a.m. Yeah. on uh, <laughs> 1989. Well, know? they have big hair and, you know, that kind of stuff. Shoulder pads. Right, yeah. There's just always, like, sometimes, like, looks that are specific to a decade, you know. Or maybe he's, like, only TV hot. I don't know. I feel a little pompous talking about this. Like, like I mean, <laughs> He's I'm, not I, hot. of course, am Academy Award <laughs> handsome. He's TV hot. <laughs> I like when Mulder hands her the vial of phlegm and leaves. That happens a lot in the X-Files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, All right, you take this gross thing. <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, that guy, like, they sh- they say that he's very charming, but I never see him being super charming. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he never really comes off that charming. No, yeah, he's always creepy because he says you can't hide behind your computer forever. And that's like a creepy thing to say to a woman. Yeah, yeah, I... I guess I kept writing it off as like, wow, these women are real desperate. Well, that's you know? kind of, they play that up too, where she's like, no one's ever thought I was cool. Yeah. And then one one woman's backstory, she dies, but her story is that she was big and then has gotten even bigger since then. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, here's what I wrote down. I thought this was funny. I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is a X-Files about a guy with eczema. Dating middle-aged, overweight women. <laughs> Maybe the most depressing X-Files ever. <laughs> he does have... Yeah. That, he oh, keeps, like, saying, because they start noticing his it's skin just eczema. And he's like, it's just an, it's a type of eczema that I've had. So charming. What a charmer. <laughs> he's great. Oh, what a Lothario. It's just a type of eczema that I have. <laughs> Here, let me quote you some more poetry. <laughs> Um, okay, so we hinted at this earlier. The guy who's sexist to Scully, who's like, you're a medical doctor? He's so old school sexist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And- a female doctor in like the mid 90s is not <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, they, they want to parallel Scully with the women, right? Because Scully is sort of their opposite number, right? Like, she doesn't let. 
a man define her uh, identity or is that boss why, her around. Is that why that's happening? I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like, and and I th- and I think that you're right though. This doctor in 1995 or whatever yeah. is like pretty par for the course. A lady doctor. Uh oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it, it feels weird, but I think that they were really trying to make a, like a parallel statement. Yeah, and then at the end, the ladies kill the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, they become yeah, a Scullies. Le- yeah, <laughs> a league of their own. Um, I I knew that that guy was gonna fucking die as soon as he said that stuff. Yeah, about Scully. And then they do another Sons of the Lambs thing. We talked about how mm-hmm. preying on bigger women. That's the Sons of the Lambs thing. The other one that they do is when Mulder, Scully, and the the guy are going and knocking on the door. And the mm-hmm. door opens. They do the misdirect where you think it's Scully with the bad guy, but really it's the opposite. Here's how dumb I am is that I was like, nice twist. And I didn't <laughs> even remember till right now that's exactly in, in the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it, but it's opposite. They do the opposite in right. Silence of the Lambs. She's with the bad guy in Silence of the Lambs. Right. And then here she's with the good guy with the normal guy right she she didn't pull the bad number yeah she so that's how that that sexist dude gets killed as he gets there first yeah yeah just sort of a nice weird color thing uh i like the scene where that woman is just melting through the drawers oh that was awesome that's a good gross out yeah open the and it's like a skeleton with just like so much red there's this one store um my moshe you know moshe yeah He does a podcast called Hound Tall, which is town hall switched. And what he does is he gets a a specialist and then comedians to talk about something. And I did it and it was death. And they had a woman who was a, she's like a, I forget what she calls herself, but she's like a death expert. So she knows like how people deal with death in other cultures. Yeah. And here, and she used to work at, she used to work at fucking um, crematoriums and stuff. Right. And so she told, she's told us this story of how so in the morning they would get the biggest bodies and because they would break down all day and then by the end she said in the afternoon you're getting babies and their place was they specialized in in babies very sad oh but she said that they once had the oven cleaned and uh the oven has like these ridges in it but they did a good job too good cleaning it so they it became smooth so those ridges increased surface area right so this guy and they keep the stuff in so they smelled something weird they put this big guy in there and they went down and they just found fat like just coating the floor just like oh human fat and she had to clean it because he was big he was a big guy and it they... was like the it was like kind of like the pot boiled over <laughs> right <laughs> Am I getting it? <laughs> no, it was so they had ridges in there like so that it would keep like stuff pulled in but they smoothed them out, so it just like everything just slipped oh, out. Oh, everything just slid on out. Kind of like that woman did. Kind of like in Too Shy. In Too Shy. They didn't make a thing out of the song. I felt like that that song would make an appearance. They yeah. They couldn't afford the song, huh? No, no, they couldn't afford the song. <laughs> not for uh, not for a Monster of the Week episode. Come on. You know what? Okay, what's with the blind girl? Yeah, what is that about? It doesn't need to be in there. It's like, <laughs> you guys wrote a half-hour show and you added 15 minutes of blind little girl. Well, while she could smell, right? That's all. But oh, it, brother. Also, her mom... Is it her mom? Yeah, her mom sucked. Just goes yeah. up to a neighbor like, hey, will you read my poems? 
Will you go on a date with me? And then blames the kid when the guy doesn't want to go out with you. Yeah, yeah. Desperate lady. She's like, why do you have to be so rude? <laughs> Implying girl. You are cock-blocking your mother. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, 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 that's a little, that was a little bit wait until dark with the girl. Yeah. Well, it's scary when she's in the room and she thinks she smells the mom's cologne. That's scary. Oh, perfume. But you're right. That didn't need to be in there. It had nothing to do with anything, really. Yeah, yeah. There's a line where the one lady who dies, her like roommate goes, uh, what message boards was she in? And she goes, big and, or the what chat rooms? It's like, big and beautiful. She had kind of a weight problem. That's a very judgmental way to put it. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know what else she says? She goes, she says, he, she really liked this guy she's been seeing. It wasn't, she had a weight problem. And then she goes, it wasn't about sex with him. Because yeah. no one would ever <laughs> have sex with an overweight woman. <laughs> ever. Get it out of your mind. That's less believable than a guy who can snot mouth women and eat their fat. Yeah. It's a guy wanting to have sex with a bigger woman. Let me tell you something. Any guy in a chat room called Big and Beautiful, all he's thinking about is having sex with them. <laughs> it's it. about sex with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I like when Mulder says, well, I'm going to send out a localized online warning. What does that mean? It's never been done. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Well, you how just... about the woman who's like, they, who she knows about it. They say in her scene, she's like, there was a warning. The FBI said, big women in Cleveland, yeah. if you've been on a chat room, this guy's trying to kill you. And she's like, but I got to go on the date. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, there's this warning. Can we wait? Yeah. Like, and she gets an email about the warning. How can you do a localized online warning? And then Mulder says, I've already talked to... I just called the online service. And every time he says online, he like hits it a little hard. Like, I just called the online service. <laughs> like, these words have not been said before. Oh, yeah, and then the chat room, it's like, every time you see a computer screen on TV or in a movie, it never looks like anything you've ever looked at. Like, the chat room window is huge and yeah. like readable if you're, say... In a behind a camera, like ten yeah. feet away. You know. <laughs> they also they they say how big she was, one hundred and sixty five pounds. Ugh. <laughs> and if anything, she's Whoa. gained more weight. Oh, oh, it's too bad. What a big fat pig. <laughs> oh god, one hundred and sixty. <laughs> Get out of my church, <laughs> you fat cow. Um. Oh yeah. The the hooker doesn't wanna doesn't wanna kiss him. Uh. But then he figures it out. He, he figures it out. He just forces her to kiss him. <laughs> well, so it's very stupid of him to quote super rare poems that only very few collectors have. You should be quoting like shit, like like J. Alfred Prufrock or something. Yeah. Like just quote <laughs> quote Shakespeare. Two roads diverge in the wood. Yeah, do I. that. And they're like, do that. Anybody yeah. could have gotten access to the poems of Robert Frost. <laughs> yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue. Do that shit. But then they could just go to a coffee shop and they're like, is there like a douchebag around here? Like, quotes <laughs> like, <laughs> Jay Alfred Proof Rock. Yeah. But they're like, oh, one guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. He's got eczema. <laughs> um, he does suck. At one point, um, Scully is like calling everybody in the area. And, <laughs> and then Scully's like, uh, it's the beginning of the scene and she's on the phone with somebody she's calling everybody to warn them everybody that was on that this guy had chatted with yeah and she goes you'll be fine Miss Ennis he doesn't tend toward forcible entry and then she hangs up the phone like 
Oh, these women. Like, <laughs> these idiots. All I did was call her to tell her that someone she's been chatting with is a murderer. It's not just a murderer, but a genetic monster. And a serial murderer. And then all of a sudden she like had all these questions. <laughs> I'm busy. I have other people to call. I do like that scene where Mulder comes in and is like, I wouldn't have made a good Amway salesman. I have knocked on more door. And then she just like cuts him off. Like, yes, we can't. <laughs> Thank you. We can't. <laughs> Can do Contact every the guy. Uh, uh, great joke. We all get it. Anyway, there's police work to be done. <laughs> Women are dying. Um, yeah, the super rare problems. It's in private libraries. It was rough before the internet. Huh? I bet all that shit is on the internet now. Yeah, yeah. You sure. Just... The, the, well, then it was good because before the internet, nobody would have had that that poetry. They wouldn't have found it. Yeah. It feels, yeah, it feels like a little bit of like a big clue, you know? Like when you would watch that show Numbers. Num, you ever watch Num, Numbers? Num3RS? Num3RS, and then they I would always like, you know, that that was the show where they solved uh, crimes using math, right? And they would always just find like a notebook full of equations. Like, oh, the killer must have dropped this <laughs> notebook full of important equations. But we could never make heads or tails. Oh, wait. We've got a guy that just does math on our squad. <laughs> yeah. We, we thought he was a waste, but... Oh, uh, when this blind girl does say... he, It's like he uses dish soap for aftershave. Is that a weird... Because fat is used to make soap? Is that what that is? Oh, that's like, interesting. I don't know. Because they do use fat to make soap, which is a gross thing to think about. There's something wrong with his skin. And I think she's picking up on that. There's something wrong with his skin and it can only be fixed by eating the fat. Strong, uh, you know, he has to use like a strong odor to like mask the, the, oh, de maybe. the decay. I thought he looked cool at the end in the last scene. When he I loved his very last moment where he just, what, what was the quote? He Oh, he says, um, it's really good. Yeah, he says the dead are no longer lonely. Yeah, and he, after quoting that in Latin, he like says oh, it in yeah, Latin, he says and then it he in goes, Latin. the dead are no longer lonely. And that's the end, and then I'm like, well, you just got a lot cooler. I thought him saying Latin meant that he was like, again, someone who's been around for like hundreds of years. Right, yeah. But, make him like a Bathory type, like a kind of a, like a, a flesh-bathing immortal yes. kind of a deal. Yeah, yeah. make him like a Raisal Gula, however you say Sure, it, sure. Um... Uh, Mulder says, well, he doesn't have a theory. He says he has a theory, but it's not yet finely detailed insanity that you've come to expect from me. I like that line. Yeah, yeah. And then Scully goes, you think it's a fat-sucking vampire? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I, that's, <laughs> actually, you put it so well. <laughs> he is a fat-sucking vampire. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fat And again, it's like, it's like the last one. It's kind of like there's no... There's no thing for Mulder to just go, it's this, and then they can like take a plan of action. It's yeah. just kind of like... Run it's around. mundane detective work the entire time. Well, I did, Am I wrong that the show usually hinged on him figuring out what the phenomenon was? These two are weird in that it doesn't really matter what the phenomenon is. Because in the first one, they don't do anything. And in this one, the phenomenon doesn't really affect anything. Because even if he was a normal guy doing that stuff, they would catch him the exact same way. The exact same way, yeah. yeah. There's no, like... Um, yeah, like with Squeeze, it's like he has to give testimony and, you know, he, that he's been around for hundreds of years. And what stuff. season is Squeeze in? Have you done it already? One. Yeah. Oh, it's in season one. Yeah. Oh, so they were cracking on some good ones, like, early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the first season had some clunkers, like real bad ones, and more than any other season, at least until later. Yeah. The first one had like at least five or six pretty not great ones. Yeah. And season two only had like season two really there was only one episode that I really really didn't Is like. Is that the watching. one with the the heart and the vampire Mulder and the sexy vampires? Oh yeah. Okay. I guess there were two. Aha. Three. That one's called three. Yeah. Scully's not around. Yeah, there's no just... Scully in it. Yeah. Show needs Scully. Show needs To make Scully. sure that Mulder doesn't have a red shoe diary adventure in the <laughs> world of the blood sucking. <laughs> he really does. He, he was really like, does. dude, guys, I quit this uh, I quit this kind of show. I don't do red shoe anymore. I didn't know that scorpions secrete stuff and dissolve their victims outside their body. It makes sense. Yeah, no, it's a great way to do it. Uh, it makes sense. You External know, I, chewing is the new, like, internal chewing, I think. You know, I had leeches on me the other day. I told you this. Yeah, tell the people about this. Well, I did a I did a comedy program where uh, they wanted to film me getting leech therapy. They call it Haruda therapy. Uh, Haruda therapy? Okay, what is the... What is what is the benefit that they claim? So they claim that, you know, uh, your tissue, right, uh, on your body... Sometimes we'll kind of collect toxins. This all sounds like pretty common sense. You know, like if you dr you smoke a lot, you drink a lot, you drink a lot of caffeine, it gets into your tissue, right? It's not just in your, your, your defecation or your pee or your blood. It's, it's in your tissue, right? And they claim that Haruda therapy really sucks a lot of stuff out of your How tissue. How do leeches, leeches not just... Get the top well, they the don't. They also just get the blood, right? Okay. But then it, it, a side effect of that is that they get some toxins, right? Okay. Uh, but what, what I was going to say about, you know, you're talking about the scorpion, like, softening uh, softening its prey. Uh, one thing that happened was while it was going on, I, I made the mistake of asking the woman, I go, what are they doing now? By the way, it feels like leeches are sucking your blood. They have 270 teeth. You feel every tooth. It feels bad. Don't Don't do it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> at one point I made a mistake. I said, uh, what are they doing now? And she goes, uh, they're just injecting you. And I go, they're doing what? And she's like, you know, they're injecting you with like their, their chemicals. They're just like injecting, injecting. What? I go, what <laughs> did you go? You didn't mention the injecting. She, I go, what is it? She's like, it's an anticoagulant. So they even inject things into their also prey. Also, you don't. So that your you, wound won't close up on them while they're eating. And that's why you bled for, you leaked for 24 I hours. for 24 hours. <laughs> she, she Afterward. Was like, uh, I saw you because you told me she was like, don't worry, I'll, I'll tape you up real good. And then you showed it to me, your whole yeah. stomach and chest. And it looked like someone had taken like scotch tape and Kleenex <laughs> and just like. <laughs> it looked like, yeah, and attached there was, bloody pampers to me. <laughs> there was blood on your shirt. There was blood on my shirt. There was blood on my pampers that were strapped to my chest. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, and do you feel any better now? Uh, well, part of what I see, here's the thing. I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol, caffeine, or um, something else right before I, I did it, right? So you just felt, yeah, good. So, so I, but then after, yeah, of course. And then after I had it done, I was so mad about how it, how it went that I was like, screw it. I had like two coffees. Yeah. And like, I was like. Drank a lot. Yeah. Um, this episode is directed by David Nutter and Jeff Vliming, 
wrote it. Uh, David Nutter is one of the best directors of the X Files, and he's uh, so so. There was some good stuff. That, oh, that woman that sucks who wrote the poetry that she wants him to read. Yeah. She also just goes into his apartment. She's not allowed to do that. Even she's, she's the landlord. But <clears throat> even if she's the landlord, you're not allowed to go in. You have to get permission, don't you? But she's a nosy Nelly. She's a nosy fucking Nelly. Who wants to jump his bones. She really wants to jump this guy's bones and then use him for professional benefit as well. Wow. She's the vampire here. She's the real vampire. <laughs> she's the That's emo- the twist. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, Scully says at the end, right? She says, like, you didn't just suck their... You you, also, you weren't just feeding on their bodies. You were feeding on their mind. Yeah, and Also, then, there's a... Yes. Well, that's when he gives the Latin quote that's really yeah. creepy. But then what I also think is funny about that is that Mulder's like, come on, let's go. And then Mulder just leaves her in the room with him. Like, yeah. shuts this big heavy metal door. And then there's kind of like this moment where Scully says, you were feeding on their souls, too. And then she's like... You know, I have to go out of the big metal door. <laughs> it's like really heavy. Yeah. Um, I I thought um, shit. What was I gonna say? Oh, the scene with the daughter and Scully, where the daughter goes, "Why would someone do this?" And Scully says, "I don't know." That doesn't work because that works if it's a guy who's doing it for no reason. This guy needs to do it just to live. Yeah, so, yeah. So her saying, "Why does someone? Why would someone do this?" Well, it's his biological imperative. Like, he needs to do it. Yeah, but what if, like, Scully had just explained that? She'd be like, we, we think that in order to survive, he has to stuff a lot of snot down your mother's mouth, uh, um, murdering her and eating her fat tissue. Because your mom's a little fat. <laughs> Listen, but she's not really. No. Your mom was a little heavy, or maybe she'd be alive. Anyway, yeah. do you want us to call someone for you? Or? <laughs> um... Why would someone do this? Uh, You're right. That doesn't make... It doesn't quite make sense with the plot. Yeah. Yeah. um, The computer... There's a nice computer hacking scene where they fucking around with floppy disks. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote... I wrote... I wrote something about that, about the computer here, too. Yeah. The guy's always like, it could take some time so that we don't figure it out right now. But in five minutes when we need to figure this out, then the guy's on it. Here's what, you know, we're making a lot of fun of, like, how they, like, online, they say yeah. he hits online and the lines and everything. But, I mean, to me, this didn't overdo the computer stuff as much as some modern stuff I've no, seen. No, really, that's true. I, I mean, like, it, it, it's like when people start talking about the computer, it's in the cloud! It's just like, it gets so oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, the cloud stuff. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah. You know, I thought yeah. that this kind of worked it in without being like, you know, looking at the screen and like winking yeah. like, look, it's the internet. We've had entire movies that are about the cloud. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, That scene at the end, it's pretty scary. The one woman who he sort of traps in there and she's like, just let me go. That That's really scary. Yeah, yeah. It's really scary. Her acting got really good right there. Yeah, and before she... I'd been like, oh, brother, this yeah. actress. And then when he's... That scene, they got a great performance out of her. Yeah, she was great. Like, yeah. Uh, she, 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 like, looks scared and, and, and confused and it's really good. And then the jump scare of him being in the bathtub when Mulder runs away. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. No, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the killer's still in the house. Yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a cool twist. Yeah. Um, that kind of makes up for the, uh, the Silence of the Lambs twist. Yeah. There's also, uh, there's music that is in Squeeze and Tunes, which sounds like, like creepy crawly music. 
that shows up in this again. This guy's pretty similar to Tombs without a lot of the cool backstory and defined, uh, just defined character, I guess, personality. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go watch Squeeze because I don't think this is crazy. I don't think I, I think I saw the Squeeze sequel and I never Tombs saw Squeeze. Is sequel. Yeah, I think They're I saw Tombs. That guy's a fucking crazy person. That actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who married that 16-year-old girl, remember? There was like a... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he got... Oh, I remember him. She's yes. like a hypersexualized... Yeah, and they're on, they're on a couple's therapy and stuff like that, yeah. like on VH1. Yeah. Oh, are they? Well, they were. I think they um, were. That girl is like a hypersexualized, super Christian 16-year-old. Well, now she's like 20 or... 19. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, you swing it. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's a unique uh, relationship. <laughs> um... Yeah, I thought that the skin at the end was good, and then the quote at the end. I loved when uh, when she shot him, and, she and her said, face is all burned. Her up. face is all burned up. I was like, this is like trash cinema. Like, yeah. this is like something out of like you know Basket Case or something. Yeah. You know, just like it's just schlock. gross and like just like brutal and like trashy. Like you tried to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, like... I'm a fat chick you tried to have sex with <laughs> you burnt my face and now I'm blowing your brains out like, I love that yeah. Yeah. it really was trashy and b-movie and like yeah. it's like exploitation almost oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you have about this one just I mean I'm, I'm really happy that they did an X-Files about heavy set woman dating a guy with eczema <laughs> I'll say that that's my favorite one if anybody asks now <laughs> You really should. I go, there's this really good one. What's it about? And then yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a, he's a fat-sucking vampire. He's like a vampire, but for fat. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, well, thank you for coming, Jared. Thanks for having it. me. I'm sorry. It was that... really fun to watch a show I haven't watched in a while. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the really good ones that I've seen so far. Yeah. Tell me some good ones to watch now, because I, I will... I will legit go and watch them yeah yeah um plug your stuff you have an album out oh yes i have an album it's called my brave battle you can get it on itunes you can get it on amazon um and please get it and um if you i, I might be coming near you so go to my website jaredlogan.com uh all right thanks for coming jared thanks all right so that was it again subscribe to us on reddit and um yeah we're just sort of gonna continue on um, not skipping any episodes, so the next two episodes are the next two episodes. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Feral Audio, live. The first comedy special. Oh, thanks. Feral Audio. Two hours of stand-up and improv, hosted by Dan Harmon and Aaron McGaffey. Well, we are hosting it. Uh, I didn't know they made albums anymore. They sure do. They make them every day. Featuring an opening meditation by Duncan Trussell. How wonderful it is to be here tonight at the Feral Audio Special album taping. Steve Agee. That's f***ing embarrassing. <laughs> Little Esther Pavitsky. This is a dorky-ass crowd. I like it. DJ Duckbound. Turn down for Doug. John Roy. I'd be like, I got a notebook full of jokes. And as soon as I learn to tell them without my hands shaking, I'll make as much money as a school teacher. <laughs> Melissa Stevens. This is going to get real graphic, and it's recorded, so... And Brody Stevens. You got to be ready at a Brody show. You got to be ready. On sale now at feralaudio.com slash shop. Get a $5 audio download and an independently produced video special for just $10. Visit feralaudio.com to learn more. Wow.
It's Jacques. It's Carl. It's Edgar. And we are your boys from Against the Grain. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us or listen to us on your favorite podcasting app. We talk all the shit. We talk none of the shit. We talk a majority of the shit. You should check us out and listen. See just how much shit we really talk. Yeah, baby. Against the Grain. <laughs> <laughs>